This is the Negotiate X Podcast, show number 48, part B. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on the Negotiate X podcast. We are continuing our conversation with Jay Payleitner, a best-selling author and national speaker on a myriad of topics, including conflict resolution. If you haven't already checked out part A of this show, be sure to do that first. Now, let's jump into conversation with Jay. Well, I kind of want to move into the 14 conflict skills that you cover in the book, and I'll, I'll quickly highlight them. I don't think we're going to get through all of them, but maybe you can give us like two to three of the skills when it comes to de-escalation and what someone might use. But the skills are active listening, use encouraging language, watch your tone and body language, apply humor, give kids a break, shine light in the shadows, match their emotions, don't just paint over it, recognize the barriers to reconciliation, one-on-one -on -one reconciliation, skip revenge, terminate toxicity, and know thine enemy. <laughs> so of those two to three, what skills do you think are, are most important for people to when it comes to de-escalation? Well, the first ones we started with their active listening and body language and using encouraged language. Your friends and listeners all kind of know those already, but they may be afraid to use humor. Hmm. Now, in, in the middle of a desperately tough negotiations that could backfire on you. But if you do it the right way and maybe start trying to bring some humor in uh, early on, you start the negotiation, how you doing today? Well, you know what? It's a good hair. It's a bad hair day or, you know, and I'm, I'm <laughs> they make a little, little jokes like we're in this together kind of a thing. I love the story of uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis back in 1962. Uh, some of your listeners may know that from the history books. Uh, I was just five years old at the time, I guess, so I don't remember it. But JFK, John F. Kennedy had to get the, those missiles, uh, those nuclear missiles out of Cuba. They weren't there yet, so they blockaded the whole deal. But this is what uh, a conversation that happened in the negotiation. In the middle of this tense negotiation, Americans and Soviets, a Russian delegate stood up and said, you know what? I'm going to do my Russian accent now. Is it okay? <laughs> That's you, fine. You know what is the difference between capitalism and communism? He says, in capitalism, man exploits man. In communism, it is the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't know if that stopped World War III from, you know, starting. But um, uh, let's give that, that Russian delegate some credit for bringing some humor to the situation. And uh, well, I'm not, you're laughing, I'm, I'm laughing. So that's, uh, again, one of the stories in the book that, if you can bring some humor to the situation, you'll uh, come out ahead most of the time. But again, that could backfire on you. Another warning would be um, in negotiations is sometimes if you're negotiating, some of you pros out there who've been doing this for a long time, there's the so the kid on the other side is a new intern or just brand new to his job. You could crush him with your negotiation skills. Well, maybe don't do that. Maybe be a mentor to him. Maybe separately talk to him about 
about what's really important and, and help him get a good deal for his company. And you might have a friend, whatever, your supplier or, or distributor, whoever you're dealing with there, you might have a friend for life. So instead of being, you know, winning that negotiation, maybe take a step back and let the, let the other side win a little bit, especially if they're younger than you. And the other is, is match, uh, match their emotions. Hmm. That's really interesting concept. And I tell the story, I, <laughs> I was a junior in high school. Either of you guys wrestle? Any, you guys I, did. I did. You, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yep, uh, me too. So I was, uh, I was a junior in high school. I was the captain of the JV wrestling team, which is not a big deal. When you're a junior in high school, you're supposed to be on the varsity team. But I was on the – and I actually went to a tournament, and I got first place – in the JV tournament, my junior year. Again, not a big deal. But I got, they gave me a little trophy, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. It was a good day for Jay. This is back before cell phones, and my folks made it to most of my uh, most of my uh, wrestling tournaments. But I came home that day, showed my dad this little trophy, and again, I'm a junior. My dad, he's trying to encourage me, trying to be a good dad. What does he say? He says, well, maybe next year you can get a varsity trophy. <laughs> like what that's like just that's crushing to a you know to a 17 year old kid like like i was back then okay so what should he have done he should have matched my emotions i was having a good day he should have said well that's great tell me about the last match or oh that's great i wish i could have been there and, and connect with me on, on matching emotions if your wife comes to you with a problem or your spouse comes to you with a problem and is sad about it, you want to fix it maybe. But no, be sad with her. Be sad with him for a while. If your daughter comes and says, oh, I, I got into this, uh, I got an acceptance letter from this university. And you go, well, shoot, I wanted her to go to my alma mater. Or I wanted her to go to, to Harvard or some bigger, better school. No, she's happy. She got that acceptance letter from that school. Be happy with her in the moment. So uh, match emotions, um, that great scripture verses. Weep with those who weep and laugh with those who mm -hmm. laugh. That is a great. Uh, uh, so if you're in negotiations with somebody and they're all angry, you can go ahead and get a little angry with them. But if you're copacetic and being, being cool, be cool with them. Uh, matching emotions is a really great way to deal with uh, interpersonal relationships. And it goes both sides. If they're laughing, laugh with them. If they're crying, cry with them. If they're angry, be angry with them. You'd be surprised how that settles the room and so that you can get back on the same page. So Jay, as we were getting ready to start recording, I shared that, yes, I got six kids. You have five and I have one daughter who is a teenager, another one about ready to become a teenager. I feel like I'm struggling as a father as, as starting to navigate these teenage waters. Is that the skill that that's most important or what advice, what other advice would you give to me? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, you're right. That's a great connection there. If you can match her emotions She's going to come to you with a problem and say, sweetheart, oh, I'm hurting for you kind of thing. Oh, uh, she, she you know, tries out for a audition for a play or doesn't win the election for the uh, for a school uh, uh, class president or something. Man, just really, I'm hurting for you, sweetheart. That helps. That's tremendous versus blowing it off, that kind of thing. But um, uh, if you got a teenage daughter who probably sat in your lap, right, when she was eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, but at some point she's not going to sit in your lap anymore. At some point at about that 12-year 12 12-year 12 age, she's not going to. And your reaction might be to push her away. Say, okay, well, if you're not going to sit in my lap, I'm not going to give you the time of day and, 
and that kind of thing. And it, it puts the divide there. But instead, keep uh, pour, pour, you don't have to say, come sit in my lap, because she's not going to do that. She's not going to want to. But when she's 18, you will be surprised. She'll come home from college. She'll be missing dad. And she's going to come sit in your lap, believe it or not, when she's 18 years old and say, dad, you're awesome. If you continue to empathize, pour into her life, show up, she's going to keep some secrets from you and that's okay. Uh, You need to keep her safe, but let her make mistakes, hold her accountable. And when she comes to you with a problem, your attitude needs to be, uh, I love you. It's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. It's almost like I want you to say that. I love you. It'll be okay. We'll get through this together. That's what your attitude needs to be. And uh, it, we could test that. Why don't you say that? I love you. It'll be okay. We'll get through this together, Aram. Say that. <laughs> I, w- I love you. It's going to be okay. We'll, we'll get, get through, through this. We'll get through this together. Okay. Let's, we're going to test that now, okay? Okay. Uh, Dad, Dad, I, I wrecked the car. Honey, <laughs> honey, I love you. It's going to be okay. okay. We'll get through this we'll together. Get, we'll get through this now there may be repercussions. Maybe you know. Maybe you were bought, you bought the car and they're paying her insurance. Maybe she's got to pay her own insurance now. Or maybe the car's you know gone. Dad, uh, Dad, um, I'm uh, I'm in jail. I <laughs> It'll be okay. We'll get through this together. And if it's uh, maybe your daughter or your son, um, let's talk to everybody. Maybe they need to stay in jail overnight. If it's a, <laughs> if it's a local local cops and you know them, if it's downtown. Dad, uh, Dad, I'm pregnant. I love you. It'll be okay. We'll get through this together because you do love them. Yeah. It will be okay. Uh, the world might give them the wrong advice. You need to make sure that they're coming to you. You need to make sure they're coming to you with their, their problems. And they need to know that when they come to Dad with a problem, he's not going to go, rah, 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 rah. he's going to go, I love you. It'll be okay. And we'll get through this together. Yikes. Since we're on, I'm going to, we're going to keep doing this. Is, this has now become Aram's personal coaching session provided <laughs> by Jay. I want, I want to dig into one more because one of yours, uh, one of your skills was recognizing the barriers to reconciliation. And in that, if I, if I have this right, a lot of this was about kind of repeat conflicts, the kind of the thorn in the side that continues to stay there. And, you know, I, I can I get one or two relationships that are really that way. And they've just kind of been there. I would love if you could just say a little bit more, maybe provide some advice. And in, in when that when that's the case. Right. This isn't this isn't a one time thing. This is actually something that's reoccurring. And what do you suggest in terms of approaching those situations where there's a there's a history? If there's a history of conflict with uh, somebody and it could be again, it could be a personal family relationship. It could be somebody in business. I think it behooves us to go back and think about what our part is in this. Because I know that the Nolan has his act together. Never, it never pushes anybody. That's anybody true. Right. Kind That's of right. But Aram, I know you and I, uh, you know, we have we have character flaws. We have things that we make mistakes on, and so we need to dig down sometimes and go, man, you know what? Maybe they have a point. Maybe I need to listen better. Sometimes you got to turn cut people loose. If they continue to be jerks over and over and over again, you say, listen, we're not doing business with them anymore. And sometimes that's the best choice to make. So you can't make this on a whim. But you, what you want to do is get, get some good counsel, spend some thoughtful time about it, maybe uh, give them one last chance, some kind of ultimatum kind of thing, but not in, not in an ultimatum way, but more in a, you know what, friend, uh, th- this isn't working out this way. Instead of, well, you have to do it this way. It's like, this isn't working out. I need to maybe go another direction, but can we just give this one more shot here? Again, admitting that maybe, you know what, uh, maybe I haven't given you the best chance. 
there are words you can use. There are phrases you can use that they're going to de-escalate the situation versus just pouring gasoline on it. And you know what? When it's, whether it's with your kids or with your spouse, you know the words you're going to say before you even say them that they're going to tick that, that person off. You know that you're going to be divisive. It's like when I uh, I walked in the front door. Uh, uh, this is a little bit a little bit ago now. I said, "Oh, sweetheart," to my wife. They they opened a new women's fitness center down the street. What am I, an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, sweetheart, you know those mugs you bought? Those mugs you bought? They don't fit in the dishwasher. That's like saying you're so stupid for buying these mugs. Or <laughs> how much was that haircut again that you had? You know why do we do that? We know. Before we say things in our marriage, in our relationships, even before we say them, that they're gonna they're gonna cause explosive. Now maybe you get off on that. Maybe you just really enjoy, you know, stirring the pot. Uh, if that's your personality, then go for it. But know there will be repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jay, so continue with that. Is reconciliation always the goal when there's been conflict? No, because sometimes you won't be able to reconcile. Sometimes uh, the conflict's going to go on because it's in their heads. You've done your part. I mean, it, you, it, you've done that first part of the four factors. You have decided what you really want, what you really want. And you know that this relationship, whether it's a business relationship or whatever, that you're not going to get that. You're not going to get what you really need. So um, I'm going to cut you loose. And uh, there's a you know, biblical application that would say that. Sometimes you go back two or three times to your brother and if they're a complete jerk, and that's not, you know, that's not, I'm paraphrasing scripture now, but if they're a complete jerk and won't, won't give in, cut them loose, man. <laughs> it, it might break your heart and you might lose a, a valuable customer, but um, don't be surprised if you cut, if you have a terrible customer who's always causing problems, if you go back and think, well, we made a million bucks off them last year, but we did a million and a half dollars worth of lawyer's fees or time lost kind of thing. And don't be surprised if all your staff says starts applauding. We don't have to work with XYZ company anymore. That's fantastic. And they go, you go on and, and God opens the door to even better uh, better relationships, business relationships. Yeah. A bad deal can be worse than the no deal. Jay, your worldview on conflict is obviously heavily influenced by the Bible and what it has to say about conflict and, and conflict transformation, reconciliation. Um could you share some examples of how you see Jesus modeling different conflict management approaches? Well, uh, yes. If you have some friend who's who knows a little bit about the Bible or a little bit about Jesus, and they get angry all the time, you say and you say to them, you know what? You gotta, you gotta, you're angry. You gotta work, gotta work on work on that. They'll say, well, Jesus got angry. He turned over the tables in the temple from the money changers, and then you can say. Well, first, you're not Jesus. <laughs> uh, second, he that was a righteous anger because we know that you know sometimes you need to anger is a good thing. Sometimes you need to get angry. If it's righteous, if there's something behind it, and and third, uh, we don't think about that, but that turn of events there when he's turning over the tables that really set the Pharisees off and set them in action, and that was the beginning of the end for Jesus' ministry and sent him to the cross. We won't go there. But actually, a better example is John chapter 8. John chapter 8, when he when he draws in the sand, uh, many of your listeners may know this story. The Pharisees come up with a, um, a woman caught in adultery. And the Pharisees say, hey, Jesus, again, I'm paraphrasing, hey, Jesus, the old, the, the old law 
the law clearly says that we're supposed to stone this woman. Mm. And we're going to stone her right here and now. And Jesus uh, doesn't do a 20-minute lecture. Instead, he leans over and, and starts drawing in the sand. We don't know what he draw what he draws. It could be maybe he's drawing the writing the old laws. Maybe he's writing the new laws. Maybe he's writing the sins of the the Pharisees down. And then he uh, he gives everybody time. He brings some calm to the situation. What a concept that is. If you're in conflict, bring calm to the situation. Um, so he brings some calm to the situation, and then stands up and says, "Well, whichever of you has not sinned, well, go ahead and throw the first stone." And that hits him right between the eyes, of course. And interestingly enough, the the older Pharisees walk away first, the Bible tells us. And then the younger ones, like, I want to still, I'm going to still, I want to throw that rock. I want to do that. Well, no, they eventually walk away too. But but again, maybe the punchline of this whole thing is that Jesus spoke truth, hmm. brought calm the situation, then turned to the woman who was still there and said, you know what? Uh, they don't condemn you, condemn you, and neither do I. Then, then he, he gives instructions Go and sin no more. Get your get your act together. You've got you've there's something about you that still has victory in you. Go claim that victory. Go and sin no more. So that's a pretty good uh, synopsis of uh, one way to deal with conflict is to bring calm to the situation. Let people think it through. Bring some truth to the situation, and maybe a little uh, love and empathy as well. So that's where I'm coming from, Aram. Thanks for letting me tell that story. Yeah, thanks. I love those three points you just made. We'll make sure we that we hit those again on the kind of our, our close up. You know, specifically, as a parent now of adult children, as a grandparent, uh, as a foster parent, how do you hope? You know, again, looking at the world around us, a little conflict. How do you hope these next generations are being impacted, both by your example around uh, around conflict, and also the work, the writing that you're doing on the topic? Well, let's be real clear. I can write about these things and I can do some research. I can speak truth, but I mess up all the time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have had you on the program if we knew that. Well, uh, and again, I speak too fast and I go and I lose my train of thought. We all know that. We've already experienced that today. But I hope that they see that. I hope they see someone who apologizes when I mess up. I hope they see someone who brings calm to the storm. I hope they see somebody who uh, they can come to because I love them. It'll be okay. I, I know in the long run uh, that my family is going to stay together and I'll join them in heaven. Uh, it'll be okay. And uh, that we'll get through this together. You got to sometimes put all your cards on the table, folks, and say, listen, here's where I am. Here's what my needs are. Can you help me with this? Boy, that's pretty good. pretty good uh, uh, phrase, too. If you go into a negotiation and say, I need your help on this. Versus, ah, I'm gonna, you know, beat the snot out of you. I need your help with this. Even uh, a tough negotiator is gonna go, oh, I, I, I can help this guy. So there you go. No, that sounds like advice you and I were just discussing on another topic, which which we won't raise, but another negotiation prep in terms of a, a great a great expression, right? A way a way to demonstrate humility and need. So, absolutely, no, that's great and great insight. As we start to wrap up today's conversation, Jay, is there anything else? that we didn't ask you that you want to make sure that we cover? Well, no, I guess I need to kind of apologize because we jumped all over the place and I was telling my stories. But here's the thought, maybe. We need to bring light to the darkness. Boy, it just seems like this world has got a little burden right now. Too much conflict, too much uh, not even listening to each other's side. We get into these silos 
And I, I think there's a, a business uh, terminology we know these days, but we just talk to people who think just like us. We get in the silos we, and we never listen to the other side. And when some truth sneaks over from another silo and jumps into our silo, we go, oh, that's hate speech. That kind of thing. No, uh, this is darkness. There's a cloud coming over here. And Aram and Nolan, if, uh, if you and I and a few of your listeners can bring a little more light, a little more smiles, a little more thoughtfulness, a little empathy, then we can make the world around us a better place. And when it's not so hard to get up in the morning. So that would be my my takeaway and my my thought. I think we've kind of covered a bunch of stuff here. So again, thanks for letting me share. No, absolutely, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us to have this conversations. I really learned a lot today, and yeah. So now, kind of want to kick it over to Aram to get final thoughts and takeaways from today's episode. Yeah, I just want to. So I want to point out Jay's book again, which is "Don't Take the Bait to Escalate." I highly recommend it. I mean, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Jay as much as I know I did, and they got a lot out of it. I love you. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. I'm practicing it today, Jay. <laughs> I think the thing I want to maybe emphasize, and again, a lot of great points, is I like the description of if I can bring calm to a situation, if I can speak truth, and truth around needs, mine and yours, and truth around you know, a, a precedent or a good direction that, you know, what's the direction we want to go forward, but truth. And then if I can demonstrate genuine empathy and really connect with someone, if we all practice that, I, I think we bring a, do, a lot more light to some of these dark situations. So Jay, again, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us. My privilege. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Encourage your listeners. Some of these truths they can use on the job. That might be why they're tuning in. But if you can bring it to your Thanksgiving dinner table, <laughs> Well, you would be so, because we separate that sometimes. And you know what? We're who we are. We're we're whole people. So again, thank you so much. Uh, keep at it. Thanks for listening to us on the Negotiate X podcast. Greatly appreciate it. If you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, it would help us out. If you have any consult engagements, you need to speak to a conference, you need to speak to a company, Aram and I do that. We love to do it. Please just reach out to me at nolan at negotiatex.com. We'll be sure to follow up with you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.